Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Good morning, Muskoka, and happy Saturday morning. I'm Kelly, your local registered art therapist and phototherapy specialist here in downtown Huntsville. And I'm your host of Mental for Art, the show that offers creative alternatives to talking it out. Um, As you know, uh, you should know by this point that this show is about you, you and your daily concerns. And I'm just here on the other side of this mic to support you with those concerns. Using a variety of um, art-based and photo-based activities, a little something for me to you to help you see when you're stuck, where you're stuck, help you change your focus, and perhaps help you view your world just a little bit differently. So let's get right into this week's episode and topic of conversation, which is a continuation of last month's episode and the month prior to that, both of which focused on the drama triangle, which was created by psychiatrist Dr. Stephen Cartman, more specifically on the roles of the victim and the persecutor. and this week or this month's episode on the rescuer. And just to recap, for those of you who were unable to tune into the last couple of episodes of Mental for Art um, that were dedicated to the drama triangle, as I mentioned, Dr. Cartman was a psychiatrist that created and used the drama um, triangle as a way to demonstrate the three roles or the three roles that he outlined that people play when it comes to drama intense relationship interactions. And also as a way to show or model the connection between personal responsibility and power in conflicts, and thus the shifting roles that people play. And he defined those three roles um, or those three roles in conflict as the persecutor, the rescuer, and the victim. And he placed them on an inverted triangle, upside down triangle, and referred to them as being the three aspects or the three faces of drama. Now, I know I've mentioned this a few times um, in previous episodes, but it, it really is quite interesting to think of conflict in this way and also to think of you and I, you know, playing roles while we're faced with conflict or while we're in it. So this is what we're talking about today, the roles we play or choose to play, I'm going to emphasize that, while we were we are experiencing conflict. Now, in the last two episodes of Mental for Art, we talked about and focused on the roles of the victim and the persecutor in that drama triangle. So again, if you did miss either of those episodes, not to worry, you can always go back and listen to any and all previous episodes. And for the sake of the drama triangle, it doesn't matter which episode you listen to first, because all three roles that we play, you know, feed into each other or pertain to each other. So it's really an interesting triangle, an interesting dynamic there. Um, But for this week, we're focusing on and talking about the role of the rescuer and its many characteristics in the drama triangle and the unique ways in which we as human beings react to conflict. Uh, You know, I chose to talk about this, um, or more specifically, Stephen Cartman's drama triangle and its specific roles, because I've been noticing more and more with clients and friends, even, you know, that their reactions to conflict fall within this model. My reactions to conflict often fall within this model, or at least the tendency to go there if I'm not paying attention, 
you know, or, or nurturing my reactions and my emotions. So it's really something worth investigating in terms of where we each fall on this model of conflict, because each of the roles themselves are unhealthy. You know, this model of dysfunctional social interactions illustrates a power game or, or reactive struggle that we tend to find ourselves in. When faced with conflict, are we, are we playing the victim, the persecutor, or the rescuer? Keeping in mind that each role represents a common and ineffective response to conflict. So, um, well, but before we go, uh, go there and try to determine which role we do play, let's talk a little bit about the role in the drama triangle and that, that new role, that, and that being the rescuer. So we haven't talked about this one yet. Now, the rescuer is seen as someone who always loves to help. You know, someone who takes on the problems, um, responsibilities, even burdens of other people, you know, concerning themselves with other people's problems and decisions, and even their lives more than their own. However, and here's the twist to this seemingly um, helpful person, and, and that is that a typical rescuer doesn't offer authentic help. They aren't helping or offering their help so so as to support the growth and development of others, but rather offering help that encourages dependency. So in other words, their motive behind offering help to those in need is so that these people they're helping will become more dependent on them, you know, um, come to depend on being rescued rather than figuring things out for themselves. So not a healthy position for either party to be in really, now, as a parent, I can speak to playing the role of the rescuer because I would do just about anything for my kids and even my grandkids. But I've come to learn over the years that rescuing isn't what kids need. Sure, you know, as your kids get older, like mine, it's probably appreciated, especially when it comes to financial rescue or even relationship rescue or, or with younger kids, even school rescue. But all in all, I'm not doing them a service but rather a disservice because they aren't learning anything. You know, they're not learning anything if I just swoop in and rescue them from their troubles. All they're learning is that they can call on mom or grandma, let's say someday, to get them out of a bind. Now, I'm sure there are many parents out there that can relate to what I'm talking about. And this is not in any way to say that as a parent, we shouldn't be there to support our kids when they're going through difficult things or conflicts. We absolutely should be there if they need our help. That's what we're there for, right? But we have to be aware of the kind of support and help we're offering, you know, making sure that we're not just doing so, so that our kids continue to rely on us or depend on us. You know, sometimes this happens when our kids start having a life of their own, you know, or living on their own, and, and we miss them. We miss them needing us. So think about that for a bit and see if you can identify where you might fall on the rescuer scale. I mean, if you're not a parent, then, then how do you fall on the rescuer scale? We all do. I'm just going to say that. So I'm going to leave you here so we can take a wee break so that you can absorb and reflect on what we've been talking about, as usual. And, you know, perhaps see if you can relate to what I've been discussing or perhaps even recall a time or times when you may have played the role of the rescuer and found yourself liking the dependency of others. Like I've said over the past couple of episodes, these are humanistic roles. They're roles we all play at one time or another as a result of what we're facing or up against in our own lives. 
So let's stop here and take a break. And when we return, I'll do my best to offer you a creative activity or exercise or process to help support your awareness of your role as the rescuer and what you can do to avoid finding yourself in that role. So go grab a glass of water or a cup of coffee or a tea, use a powder room or whatever you need to do and give some thought to your role of rescuer and what might be underneath that need to need other people. I'll see you back here shortly. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome back to Mental for Art. I'm Kelly, your host and local registered art therapist and phototherapy specialist. If you're just tuning into the show, you have a few episodes of Mental for Art to look forward to and to catch up on. Otherwise, welcome back. And I would also like to welcome any and all new listeners and thank you for taking the time out of your Saturday morning to give me the opportunity to talk with you about everyday concerns, you know, things we're all going through and try and offer some creative alternatives and approaches to how those concerns affect you or how you work them out. So again, if you're just tuning in today, we are focusing on the role of the rescuer in the Cartman Drama Triangle. Um, this drama triangle that was created by Dr. Stephen Cartman, who was a psychiatrist, um, it was created back in the 60s. And again, as I mentioned previously, um, it's a visual that was created as a way to demonstrate the three roles that we play, you know, that people play when it comes to drama, intense relationship interactions. And as a way to show or model the connection between personal responsibility and power and conflicts and the shifting roles that we play, um, you know, um, Cartman defined these three roles and these three roles in conflict as the persecutor, the rescuer and the victim. And it's a really good representation and an eye opening way to think of ourselves as role players. You know, we're, we're essentially um, acting sometimes you know, as individuals playing the part of a role when we're faced with conflict. And that's what we're talking about today, the roles we play or choose to play. I want to emphasize that again, choose to play as a result of conflict or difficult situations we faced within. So now you're up to speed for those of you who are just tuning in. And for those of you who are returning, I hope you had a chance to ponder and reflect on the role we are focusing on today, that being the role of the rescuer, you know, the person who likes to help, but with ulterior motives. And, you know, whether or not you've played that role before, it's interesting because chances are you have played this role at one time or another, depending upon the situation or experience you found yourself in. You know, when conflict comes knocking and we're not prepared for it, or we find ourselves in uncharted waters and up against something difficult, we really don't know how we will respond or react until we actually react, right? So having said that, if you did answer yes to having played the role of the rescuer before, again, rest assured you're not alone. Like I mentioned earlier, I've played this role with my kids and even friends, not necessarily with a conscious intention, you know, of wanting them to become dependent upon me to solve their crisis, but because I care. You know, however, as we've learned, caring doesn't always mean doing. In other words, we need to be aware of the help and support we are offering others such that it's, you know, it's a healthy support and help for all parties involved and not just to fulfill a need we have within ourselves. If, you know, 
it needs to be a selfless help or selfless support so that the individual we're helping or supporting is given the opportunity to learn and grow. So again, if you're finding yourself playing the role of rescuer, and maybe more often than not, it's time to ask yourself why that is. What's behind your need to be the rescuer? You know, what need are you fulfilling for yourself by swooping in and solving other people's problems and conflicts? It's a good question and probably one that we we could all ask ourselves. We all have needs that are not always being met. And when that happens, we turn to others to help, you know, meet them, you know, help them fill that void. But again, it's important to be aware of this and why so that we aren't hindering someone else's growth or learning. Okay. So enough lecturing, let's talk about what we can do to support ourselves if we find we are playing the role of the rescuer more often than not. You know, let's talk about how we can step out of that unhealthy role and into a role of awareness for ourselves, pardon me, and others. Because sadly, rescuers can start developing these tendencies as early as teenagers, and some even earlier than this, which is pretty disheartening. Children often find themselves in situations where they feel the need to take on the role of the parent. You know, whether that's due to a parent's absence or a parent's inability to a parent, inability to parent for whatever reason, you know, perhaps, you know, as a result of an illness or an addiction, you know, whatever the the reason might be, a child that's put in a grown-up situation will take on that role and become the decision maker. And over time, along with building the skills of rescuing others, the child subconsciously learns that rescuing others is a great way to feel connected and maybe the only way to feel connected to a parent or whomever it might be that they're rescuing. As this child grows up, it learns that the only way to connect with others is to rescue them. Not what we want our children to think or feel, right? We don't want to teach them that. So here is what I am suggesting for today's creative. For those of you who find yourself playing the role of the rescuer and wanting to change that, keeping in mind, keeping in mind that taking care, taking yourself out of the role of rescuer doesn't mean sitting back and watching other people struggle and doing nothing. It means offering genuine support and listen carefully to this part, genuine support that helps others help themselves. And trust me when I say that I'm making the, you know, the assumption that others will fail or fall, right? You know, like we make that assumption that if we're not there to help somebody, they're going to fall or fail. You know, if we don't help them, you know, is more than more often than not just that it's an assumption. If we don't give other people the chance to figure out what to do for themselves, they will never have the opportunity to prove themselves and prove to themselves that they can do their own rescuing and get through more difficulties than they they thought possible. So what I would like you to do first and foremost is acknowledge that you are a rescuer and that this is a problem. You know, acknowledging and awareness is key. Next, I want you to acknowledge that you are a kind person who loves to help, but one who just hasn't learned the boundaries around healthy help. And here's where we get creative. What I'd like you to do is draw on a large piece of paper, a body outline. So essentially, pardon me, the outline of a human body with the inside left empty. So a a hollow body, if you will. And if you you happen to have a roll of paper, even a, a, um, a roll of wrapping paper, 
because the one side is usually blank. Uh, you can trace, you can take this activity to the next level and you can have someone trace your body outline on the roll of paper to use for this activity. Once you have your body outline drawn, I would like for you to get another piece of paper and on it, write down as many instances as you can remember where you played the role of rescuer, taking into consideration all the characteristics that we've been talking about that pertain to the role of the rescuer. So someone who rescues to fill a void or a need within themselves, right? Like the need for others to be dependent upon you or the need to feel important or even the need to be needed. <coughs> Pardon me. So write down all those instances of your rescuing down on that piece of paper. And if you're in doubt of whether it was an act of selfless rescuing, then write it down anyway. Now, um, now what do I want you to do? I want you to cut those instances or examples of your having rescued someone into strips, each one being its own paper strip. And once you have them all cut out and into strips, I want you to glue them down on your body outline where you feel the most impact from them. So in other words, if you rescued your child from financial woe, let's say, where would you feel that the most in or on your body? You know, perhaps it could be in the area of your heart or your mind or even your hands. You know, this will be different for everyone, but really get in touch with where the reward of rescuing is felt the most. And once you have all your strips glued down, I want you to sit with your finished product and notice where you've been feeling things or perhaps missing things the most. You know, chances are you will notice that many of your strips or examples of rescuing fall in the same area. Anytime I've done this exercise with clients, you know, it's amazing to see how many of them have specific areas or zones of their body that the rescuing is filling because that's what rescuing does. It fills a void in us. So now I want you to ask yourself, what else could I be doing to fill that void, to fill that area, zone, void, or emotional need for myself? Because rescuing is no different than complimenting. If someone tells you you're smart or beautiful or loving, and you don't believe it yourself, you know, you don't believe what they're saying, then the compliment means nothing. And it's the same when it comes to rescuing. If we don't believe we are worthy of being loved, of being wanted or appreciated, then all the help we give others is never going to be enough. It's never going to fill those voids. And you're just going to keep, you know, you're going to keep being the rescuer. You're going to be in that role, stuck in it. So just like the compliment, the helpful deed will mean nothing. And we'll just keep rescuing with the hope that someday that void or voids will be filled. The only problem is we're the only ones who can fill those voids by believing we are worthy from the inside out, not the outside in. And that, my friends, is a creative start to stepping out of the role of the rescuer and into one of awareness. This activity will definitely make you aware of where your voids are, right? And then figuring out how to fill those yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You have to love yourself. You have to know that you are valued, that you're worthy. So that brings us to the end of this month's episode of Mental for Art. I'm really excited about the next episode. I'm drumming up some good ideas. 
and uh, looking over some of your emails. So I hope I was able to shine some light on why we choose to play the role of rescuer. And, you know, well, all the roles, the victim, the persecutor and the rescuer. And how to identify where that need comes from, because it comes from somewhere, somewhere within. So thank you. Thank you for joining me and taking the time out of your Saturday morning to make my Saturday morning amazing. I look forward to meeting you back here again next month when I will address another common concern. <coughs> Pardon me. Hopefully I won't be coughing and, and having this tickle. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to addressing another common concern. So keep your emails coming because I love reading them and brainstorming some of those creative ideas that will hopefully support you with those common concerns. So please be sure to send those emails and letters to Kelly. <coughs> it should say tickle, but it's not going to. Kelly at pictureyourselfwell.com using the subject line mental for art. And until then, this is Kelly, your host of Mental for Art, wishing you all positive growth and healing. Have a wonderful month, everyone. And remember that the best way to put a little happiness in your day is to color someone else's. So keep coloring it forward and I'll see you soon.